0: You're listening to death of the reader and it's time for the controversial entry in our list of high class detective fiction. There is always, there's always one, there's always one controversial one. Usually any films that we cover will be contentious in terms of placement. Is it really fair to place a work of a visual medium in the same competition as some musty old books? Am I even qualified to talk about film theory? Well, I'll have you know that I completed at least one, and I quote, unspecified film studies unit in the course of my school education, so I am the most qualified person in the room. It is Glass Onion by Ryan Johnson that takes the fourth place in our competition for 2023, just shy of the grand podium itself. When this film came out, I was excited, despite its strange titling as Glass Onion, A Knives Out Story though it seemed to have nothing to do with the previous movie's plot. I was intrigued. It seemed to be tackling more modern ideas, bringing the original structure of the classic Christie, with the rich family suckling at the golden teat of their patriarch into a contemporary vision, instead with a gaggle of successful celebrities reliant on an even more wildly successful tech bro for his blessings and budgets to sustain their fiscal dreams. It would seem as we open our tail on Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc drinking champagne and playing a game of Among Us in the Bathtub, a more contemporary form of the party game Mafia that you may have heard me rant about occasionally on the show, uh, that he and these celebrities have been invited to a murder mystery party IRL, or in real life, as the kids say. One that threatens to turn violent, as for at least one participant, it isn't a game at all. It's a staple of the genre. And Ryan Johnson, throughout the story, the witty scripts, and telling visual direction, sometimes even hiding clues in plain sight that I was pleasantly surprised by on a second viewing, is able to twist the knife on pillars of the genre. Putting together a viewing experience that is entertaining to watch, fun to solve in real time, though certainly there are no dogs barking at the criminal to confirm our answers this time around, and has a hearty amount of misdirection to keep your grey cells ticking all the way to the end of your screening. And there are plenty of suspects and potential victims to claw our way through. The clear character under threat of murder is Miles Braun, aforementioned tech bro and owner of the isolated island that the majority of the story takes place on. On the island is situated the glass onion itself, a great big dome of impossible size to house Braun's most favorite and most expensive of toys. His guests are his closest inner circle from before any of them became wildly successful, thanks to his work, of course. They all follow a code of innovation in their own space, and all of them, in accordance with the murder mystery code, could use an awful lot of money right now. They're introduced to us in a flurry of style and mystique that has been deconstructed through both behind-the-scenes and amateur analysis so many times that I feel I have to talk about it. The story canonically and infamously takes place during the COVID-19 pandemic through a rather bold scripting decision. And accordingly, each of the actors wears a mask upon their initial introduction. Or they don't. And that's your first hint as to their characterization. I particularly enjoyed Birdie's mask. She's our high-class fashion designer, a bit of an airhead, and appropriately wears a see-through mesh that while legally could be called a mask under the strictest or perhaps Lucy's definitions, definitely isn't doing anything to help anybody. The loud and proud right-winged Duke and his girlfriend don't bother wearing masks at all, and they're here to emphasize the bro in Tech Bro throughout the story, touting verbose ideals that crumble in the face of reality. There's Claire, the career politician and Lionel the scientist, who is just a stone's throw away from another breakthrough, as funded and directed by his benefactor Miles Braun, of course. The two of them wear functional, yet simple masks that match their outfits. Then there's Benoit Blanc himself, who wears a stylish, yet functional silk mask, colored maroon and speckled white. This also indicates him as a bit of an outsider, with the deep blood red foreshadowing his role in the fake, soon-to-be-real murder mystery plot. There's also Andy Brand, a guest who we know comparatively little about, and seems to be in the outer rings of this group's circular relationship she doesn't wear a mask that we can see but of course this itself is intentional and only adds to her mystique these masks and indeed the costuming of all the characters can be attributed to jenny egan who is of course responsible for the impressive costuming in knives out it's clear in all of her outings that she strives to design a diverse set of looks for the characters while also keeping the capital A aesthetic of these films strong and upfront. It is in many ways unfair to compare this film to Ryan Johnson's previous Knives Out, but as they share not just the main character in the form of Benoit Blanc, but so many structural similarities as well, it is completely fair for fans of the previous film to feel a little deflated by the return. I can praise the leaps into the modern era as much as I like, the boldness to leave the resolution again outside the firm but empathetic hands of Blanc during the climax, the progressive social message about corrupt systems, what it truly means to be a disruptor in the space. But there is a lesser complexity that Ryan Johnson intentionally sacrifices for the sake of fun. And boy, is it a fun film. I, I can't help but feel, though, that if the mystery were slightly less fair or slightly more complicated, mostly in the case of the movies culprit and villain, then we would collectively hold this film in a higher esteem. Knives Out contained an elegant twist that combined the narrow perspective of its protagonists and their particular set of skills with the overarching knowledge that Detective Blanc was able to use to put together the bigger picture. This film has a similar relationship running under the hood, but is perhaps a little less subtle in its delivery. And of course, being the sequel to such a fantastic film is a very high bar to, to pass in the first place. So of course, there's going to be some hesitance in recommending it without seeing the first one. However, I can heartily recommend peeling apart Glass Onion's many delicious layers as I was thoroughly entertained all the way through uh, and even on a second and third screening. Loved it. And frankly, it's a significantly lower time investment than any of the books I've looked through this year. Its costumes are sleek, its acting on point, its clues blink and you'll miss it, but still deliciously fair play. On all levels, I give this movie a see it out of 10. You're listening to Death of the Reader on 2CR 107.3.